What's going on, everybody? And thank you so much for tuning in the channel. So it's uh it's been a little bit since uh since I've done a video, but uh, I wanted to take the opportunity to chat with good buddy Jeremy Goble. Jeremy, how you doing today? Hey, not too bad at all. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me and letting me chat with you. Absolutely. I guess it is the afternoon now. I, dude, I'm losing like so much track of like time and days. Like what yeah. even is it anymore? <laughs> it's still like March, March 23rd, 2020 in my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least maybe even the 13th. Like I, I've been, you know, it's weird. Like I feel like I've been so isolated at my home for, you know, a year and six months now, uh, which I haven't been. It's just, I'm always in this office. Uh, right. or at least in some part of my home for the past year and a half, uh, even though I, I'm allowed to go out in my car when I need to, <laughs> but it's just Check so it odd. Out. Like, it's just like time, like, where does it go? Like, I, you know, I wake up, like I know the morning routine, but like, as soon as like my daughter is at, is at my in-laws house, like I've, there's like a hole of like seven hours that just work and whatever else and I look up and it's four o'clock and I'm like well crap they're on their way home now yeah you had like you had like this many things to do and you got two of them done yeah it's like you know I've got to cut grass at some point we've just had like all this rain which everybody in the northeast is getting now uh which I don't know if you've seen like video and pictures of New Jersey and New York right now it's insane how much rain they're getting water yeah uh, but you know, we, we had that for the, you know, what, a couple of days ago, uh, and we didn't get quite as much as they're getting that, that looks horrible. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I hope everybody up there is being safe, but, but yeah, so now it's time to, now it's time to cut grass because we've been getting rain for, for the week. And I'm like, do I have time to do it today before, you know, a holiday weekend and we're not going to be here, you know, whatever it's, <laughs> you know, on top of work and top of all this other stuff. It's just, it's right. nuts. So yeah, I'm hoping there's a, you know, some kind of like vortex where there's like, gives me a couple more hours to do something. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like a time warp fold so you can get more time. Yeah. Okay. You know, some kind of like multiverse thing where like there's like expanded and maybe there's another me that comes through and can do it for me. Cause I don't want to do it. <laughs> hey self, go uh, knock out the yard for me. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting on the one that can like read all the books that are on my TBR, but uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Oh, geez. So, um, so just, first of all, uh, I just want to kind of ask, you know, what I, what I ask everybody. So t tell me about yourself. Uh, what, what kind of struck the writing bug in you? Uh, and then kind of, why did you decide to write fantasy? Sure. Um, so let's see, I guess, the, um, the very first inkling to write was in college, which was about, I started 20 years ago, um, fall of 2000, so 21 years ago. Um, man. So yeah, I guess it was in college. I took a creative writing class. Um, I've, always, I've always been interested in reading. I've always loved books. I've always loved literature, the history of literature, you know, um, and uh, so I just wanted to take a creative writing class as one of my electives, I think it was. And um, I just loved it. I just loved it. That I mean, I've always loved reading, but I loved th that really helped me fall in love with writing. And it was in that class that I wrote a short story that um, influenced and encouraged me and inspired me to write my very first book, um, which was the first of a um, space opera, you know, sci-fi fantasy kind of story that I published in 2013 so that's how I got to start writing I gotcha yeah and uh you've actually entered that one in specific correct yes I did yeah, yeah so I had previously entered that so 
I'm really passionate about it being a space opera, sci-fi fantasy, and I was real timid during um, Spiffbo two or three. I can't remember where I wanted to enter that. That was my mm. first book and only book at that time. And I was like, you know, asking Mark and others, you know, hey, can I enter this? And they said, well, you know, if it's fantasy or if it's got fantasy elements or if it doesn't, it'll be judged appropriately and it'll make it so far or won't. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, totally cool with that. So I entered it, it got cut first round, you know, no big deal. Got to meet a lot of folks, uh, talk with Mark Lawrence, obviously, which was awesome and, and got um, kind of got inserted into the community, which has been amazing, whether it was other writers, readers, bloggers, um, amazing community. So yeah, I entered that, that book in specific, but when that, uh, when that new contest started up, I, you know, messaged you Howie. I was like, Hey, this has been entered in Spitbo. This is me typing. Um, <laughs> you know, this has been entered in Spitbo previously. Can those, can books that were previously entered in Spitbo be entered? And they were like, yeah, sure. It, it'll be judged accordingly, you know, just like Spitbo if it's sci-fi, uh, or whatever will, oh, I got a cat saying, I bet. <laughs> um, it's always yeah, an added bonus. Be, that's right. <laughs> furry friends house is covered in them but um anyway so yeah i said can i can we re-enter books that have been in spiffo and they're like yeah sure if it's appropriate so yeah we're, i tossed it in the ring and you know we'll see how that goes i gotcha but yeah. oh but back to your question about yeah. fantasy what started me um so i i guess just to kind of circle back my first book was inspired by that short story i wrote in college but my i don't want to say my my passion was always rooted in fantasy, but I have always, I've always wanted to, um, I've always wanted to focus on fantasy. So once I got that space opera trilogy out of my system, if you will, um, is when I turned to fantasy because that's, you know, that's what I would say keeps my creative gears rolling most mm -hmm. of the time. I gotcha. So what, uh, what uh, I guess what, what were some of the books that really stuck with you uh, growing up and like you know are, are there any that you just reread consistently? Uh, yeah, I would say the the first the first half dozen or so of the Wheel of Time books those really got me those really kind of sank their teeth into me from a fairly early age. Um, you know, just the world building and the characters and and the the minutia of, of a secondary world, um, the, you know, along with um, Lord of the Rings, well, The Hobbit first, you know, reading that as a kid, read Lord of the Rings in my teens. So between, <clears throat> excuse me, Lord of the Rings and uh, Wheel of Time, um, I just I just fell into this this perpetual love for secondary worlds and world building and um, you know what makes characters tick or what might make potential characters tick in something that I might be writing in secondary worlds. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you checked out the trailer that dropped today yes. for Will of Time? What do, what do you think? I thought it looked sharp. You know, there's been some, you know, there've been some blowback about character casting choices, but I, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited about what they're going to do with it, uh, do with it. I'm excited about how they're, how they're being reported to treat the work and um, faithfulness to it. So I, I'm really excited and it looked, it looked great. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I know we, we always try to figure out like what's going to be the next game of Thrones. Like what's going to be that one that everybody's talking about. Can't wait for this, you know, the next episode, everybody, because, you know, we don't, I was talking to Zamil Akhtar about this a couple of weeks ago. Like we don't have like those water cooler talk shows anymore. <laughs> right. like, we really don't like, you know, cause everything's streaming now. There's not like, you know, you don't have to pay extra. Like you don't have to have like a premium HBO service. Like what we did with game of Thrones. Like everybody's like, I know what I'm doing on Sunday. Like, you know, is will of time going to be that show for everybody? Uh, and I watched the trailer and I, and I, I think it will. Um, I don't know. Cause you know, I, I said that about the Witcher too. And uh while while a lot of people enjoyed it and talked about it it didn't have like a lot of staying power i guess like people were excited about season two but like i I just don't feel like everybody like really hit it because it was you could just watch the whole series in one go now i don't don't know if that's how they're releasing will of time or not but i feel like it could be that next big thing you know that's that's a good point um you know game of thrones i think it had the fantasy elements and you know the epic fantasy elements that that grabbed onto the epic fantasy fans, but it had a lot of that deep, complex characterization that that grabbed on to people who weren't necessarily fantasy fans that were just or, or readers. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. People that just it grabbed onto people who were just straight up drama fans or um, or plot fans or you know just a good plot. And mm. it and the show had, I mean, of course the books do to a higher degree even more than the shows, but the shows had a, had that real dramatic plot driven, uh, character driven, well, plot and character driven, I would say aspect to it. So it grabbed onto people who were not necessarily fancy fans. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as your question or your, your, the notion of this being a water cooler topic, um, I think that the books and the, I think that the books definitely, um, would lend to that. I guess it just depends on how, on how it's executed from a TV show standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, uh, it's hard to have water cool talk about books because you know, it's hard, it's hard to find people like in your direct vicinity that read and that read voraciously, uh, which I think is the reason the book community is so awesome is that, you know, there's not many people around me that I talk to on a daily basis, like that actually read except for my bloggers and everybody on Twitter uh, and, right. and authors, you know, um and so i think that's why like a show could be that but at the same time you know with with the pandemic and stuff there's not a lot of people that are really in office gathering around (laughs) and talking about stuff like that um but yeah it's 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 weird but yeah i I would like i said i watched the trailer and it it looked it looks really good i'm I'm really excited for it and then of course you've got the new uh lord of the rings series that'll be coming out uh down the road so i'm interested to see how that one's going to turn out as well but yeah, it, it, it's just so funny because like, yeah, Will Tom, Lord of the Rings. I'm like, oh yeah, those are both about to have shows coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I think, I, I think we're kind of in a golden age of fantasy, um, epic fantasy, um, not just books, but also TV. You know, I think especially because of the pandemic, you know, folks are, um, they have more time. And even if they're not necessarily epic fantasy fans, they're, they're more willing to check it out. You know, hey, this looks this looks epic, you know, let's mm-hmm. check it out. So I think that, um, you know, right now is a good time for that kind of stuff. So hopefully, hopefully it, it will allow us to have water cooler talk. You know, yeah. If it's on, yeah. 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 If, if it's on the zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, 
So, uh, so you, you know, you told me about World Time, you told me about Lord of the Rings. Um, so would you say that that Tolkien and Jordan were like your your writing influences as well? Or do you have others that really influenced your writing style, uh, kind of, you know, how you wanted to perceive yourself as a writer? Uh, or, or, you know, are there other ones that, you know, that you've read in the past that you go, oh, gosh, man, like, I, it'd be so awesome if I could write like that. You know, it's funny. That's a, that's a really awesome question. So I would say before before I really got involved in the the epic fantasy community, readers, writers, bloggers, everybody, before I really got kind of entrenched and involved and interact, you know, started interacting with a bunch of folks, I would say those folks were a lot. Uh, Tolkien and Jordan, those were kind of my predominant influences. Um, you know, people tease posthumously, I guess they teased Tolkien about being wordy and, you know, taking a page to describe a tree or whatever, but, but I love, I love that verbosity. I love, I love the, the minutia, like I mentioned earlier, the, all the detail, um, possibly to a fault. Um, so that's what, that, I would say that's what influenced me early. I, I liked um, getting a little wordy, a little ver- verbose, um, describing the minutia of something to really set the scene, really try to evoke uh, certain senses for the reader and things like that. But I would say in the past, I don't know, five or six years as I've been interacting with readers um, and and reading books by people that I've been able to interact with, for example, um, um, Taya, Taya Greylock's um, Song of the Ash Tree series that Norris inspired epic fantasy trilogy of hers. Um, really love her writing. Um, Josiah's um, um, Babel Tower series, obviously I love those. And I haven't, I haven't come across anybody that has a, has a mastery of, of prose and, and writing like he does. And I just, I mean, his, his books are, are a treat. Um, they're just a straight up treat to read. So I, I think those folks, um, those types of folks have, have worked their way in, influenced me for the better and, and, and hopefully made my writing better. So yeah, I would say I, I started off writing with a, with a certain, uh, certain group of influences and, and I've added to them um, yeah. as I've gone along. There you go, Drew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and you know, I've, I've heard, you know, talk about Jordan as well being a little wordy uh about you know taking yeah. a couple of pages to a chapter to talk about a tavern <laughs> <laughs> right so, which you know there there are people that really enjoy that and there are people that don't and you know if you don't then skip it and go to the next thing um sure. you, know, yeah, but, you know but but kind of speed up over yeah that. yeah it's like it's like you know you, you just you look you look for the 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 actual sections where people are talking and then you can kind of get through it um because you know if if you read you know, if you if you feel like you're an avid reader and you've been reading for months or years or whatever, you kind of figure out your reading style, um, and you can kind of figure out once you get really uh, close with the prose of an author, you can kind of figure out like if it's going to be an info dump section, you know, like where right. to go to, to find the next thing. Um, and I and I'll find myself skimming, you know, those big old paragraphs of of just. Uh, just word vomit of you know like the horse's really... mane was the horse's mane was plaited with gold lace yeah exactly yeah yeah and you know you know if, if it's an entire 
you know, two or three pages about like this bench that was made and how it's engraved. And the carpenter's wife, you know, had a miscarriage 20 years ago. You know, like it's fine. It's great. But like, it's not really adding to the story in my opinion. Um, But I'm also one of those, like, that really takes my reading, how I took my video games. Like I, I wanted to know everything. Uh, and so, you know, and I've, and, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of authors, but I, I was always the one that wanted to know what was beyond the, the invisible border uh, when you're like in, you know, your Skyrim or your Fallout or, you know, Lord, yeah. uh, uh, Zelda, you know, whatever. If, if you get to a certain point, you can't go any further. I'm like, what? what is there? Like, I see stuff. There are trees and mountains. And the What's in that there. town? Exactly. And, uh, and so I feel like that's the way I read, too, is like I, I always want to know what's what's next. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I approach, you know, when, when I read about world building is I'm going to go, okay, we got here, but I know there's a lot more to, to venture over there and we're going to find that out. Right. And I know authors get tired of hearing about that. They're like, yes, we're going to explore the world more. It's book one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that brings up a really good point. I think that it's, it's incumbent upon the authors, writers to, to, to do such to do such a good job at investing a reader in the characters that they want to know more and won't skim over the minutia of the world building. And it will become more interesting to them if the characters are good. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? If you're invested, like if I'm invested, when I'm reading something, if I'm invested in character Bob over here and his relationship with Susie or whatever, um, you know, if I'm really invested in them, that might make me more prone to uh, read the info dumps because because I want to know how the world's affecting them. So that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, and you you know you brought up the books of Babel by Bancroft. You know that's probably one of the first series I've come across where it wasn't the characters that really got me. It was actually hmm. the world building uh, because the the different ringdoms in the tower, just the like the audacity of the things that people would do. And, yeah. and the fact that he had a beer me go around like that just like sold me instantly. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, I came to really enjoy Sinlin's character and I still do, uh, and, and Adam and Bolita and everybody. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just the, the, the interest in the tower itself and how it worked and how all the different ringdoms differed and why they differed and like how each one had different set of rules and all that stuff. And it's, yeah. And the, and you know, he had he had, and he had the little um, little info dumps at the beginning of every chapter, you know, from little uh, notes from uh, you know the, the the different books and so forth that were inspired by it. And yeah. I'm like, gosh, I really hope he puts an every man's god together at some point in time. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that might be one of the only ones where like the world building is really what struck me before the characters did, um, because you know you just have Thomas like entering this area. And he's just kind of looking around and taking it all in. And so that gives you the reader to take it all in. And then you start really kind of getting in touch with, with Simlin's inner workings and so forth, because you're like, Oh, he's got to find his wife now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spoiler, it's, it's, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting as, as I don't know, as flamboyant as the, as the, the tower is and the ringdoms are once that's presented it, it like like you were saying once that's presented as as crazy and complex as the ringdoms are it dives deeper into his character or Sam's character and, and it's even more 
you know, even more tangled and, and complex. Yeah. 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 And actually, you know, I, I went back and, and listened to the first three books uh, because, you know, the new one's coming out in a couple of months yes. uh, and uh, you know, su- super excited, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was so interesting. Just, just how, you know, hit the, the character of, of Senlin, like how he starts out and where he's at now. And like, I'm really interested to see how, how he's going to finish out, but like his character arc is just so it's, it just changes. It just evolves and, devolves a little bit i guess yeah um but uh but yeah but okay enough about just i, I could talk about him all day um, <laughs> um but tell me tell me about your your writing style um kind of how how have you i guess crafted it how you know from from your first space opera book in 2013 till now uh with eulogy how has it changed uh have you have you found kind of a rhythm like a daily rhythm that you do now with like word counts or you know do you write a chapter a day you know what what is your tactic um i would say that i try to knock out a thousand words a day and whether they're whether they're garbage or whether i think they're garbage or whether i i you know i'm I'm second guessing myself as i'm writing i try to knock them out I, i try to knock them out regardless but having said that if I don't get, if I, if I can't get a thousand down, if I can't write at all on a given day, if, you know, just all hell breaks loose or whatever, and I can't write on any given day, I really don't, I really try hard to consciously never get down on myself only because I want it to always be a positive thing, mm-hmm. a fun thing, a fun thing, a positive thing. So whether it's me or if I'm telling other folks, you know, if I'm answering folks for other writers or, or whatever, or if I'm answering questions like this for other folks, I would, I would just try to recommend, or I try to recommend and, and reinforce that they always keep the process fun and, and enjoyable. And, you know, if I were to ever be traditionally published and, you know, if, if, if orbits breathing down my neck for, you know, deadline, 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 you know, that's fine. I get that, you know, contractual deadlines and things like that, but I would still try to always, um, always keep the fun just, uh, just above the, uh, the deadline or, or the, the word quota. So yeah, just to circle back, I would say I try to knock out a thousand words a day. Um, usually on the, usually come weekend times. Um, I will, if I will still work on a thousand words, at least maybe 2000, words on a Saturday and or Sunday, but if they're, but if I, I will wait until I get that goal and then circle back and maybe revise totally just, you know, throw something out. Um, but I will usually wait for these little gates. I'll set these little gates and goals for myself, 10,000 words before I go back, you know, 20,000 words before I do serious revisions. I do one other tactic or one other process or technique for me is I do like to edit somewhat and I think this just might be a little bit of OCD on my part I do like to go back and revise and edit as I go Mm. Um, most people will say get the first draft done get the first draft done before you go back and do any revisions and and I totally respect that and totally get it but I think just the way my brain works something will eat at me about you know, something will keep eating at me from two chapters ago bef- that will keep me, you know, kind of at a roadblock before I can yeah. 
allow myself to move on to that next, the next scene or whatever. So yeah, I would say just in summary, trying to do a thousand words a day, um, set myself, I, I try to set myself some goals or some gates before I go back and do any revising or editing um, so that I do keep some of that forward momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just plug it, plug through, um, and, you know, until I finish. One other thing that people usually ask, you know, are you a pantser or a plotter? Every book I've written so far, and I, I've written six, every book I've written so far, I have started with an outline. And that's not because someone said it's the best way, or it's just something that has helped me kind of just keep a, keep a general high level picture of where I want to go. Mm-hmm. I do plenty, I do plenty, I do plenty of changing and, and improvising as I, as I go. I got you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, I feel like you have to have a little bit of both. Like, I, I feel like you got to know where yeah. you're going, but at the same time, like you kind of, cause a lot of, a lot of people are like, you know, I never, I never thought my characters would, t- would go that direction or they would make that decision. So I'm like, you know, you have to leave it open for that, but you kind of want to know where it's going to end as well <laughs> because yeah. you can just keep writing and a trilogy turns into four or five, six books. 14 right. books. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting. You know, and I feel like a lot, a lot more people outline more than they don't um, or they say they don't. And I'm pretty sure they do in, in some, you know, form or fashion. Uh, they just right. don't want to admit it. <laughs> You're right. Oh, it just came off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. I, to- I totally just, you know, figure that out. Just that, that's exactly what I was going to do. That, that's what they were supposed to do. <laughs> Um, right. They were they were supposed yeah. to murder everybody when they were actually supposed to save them. That's just what happens. I'm like, this isn't you know, this isn't a play through a Bioshock where you just decide to save all the little girls or you decide to to you know, sacrifice them. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So let's talk a little bit about your Spiffbo entry, Eulogy for the Dawn. So it's the yeah. first book in your Wrath Floor series uh, with a let's, let's go ahead and see it with a gorgeous cover. Oh by felix ortiz and designed by sean king gosh it's so pretty and i feel like I've, I've like seen this cover for a long time but like seeing it on a book is just an, another level yeah um it, you probably have seen it you probably oh, have seen too. it for a while you probably have seen it for a while because i started this and did a cover reveal a couple of years ago yeah but my my day job at the time um i worked at a hospital at the time and i had just gotten um i I work uh i work my day job is in it and um my so i just gotten hired as a manager at this hospital of an it team and it, it was wild and crazy um the book was done but i hadn't had a chance to secure any editing beta readers um actually it wasn't quite done um i would say it was about three quarters of the way done so anyway i you know having been my sixth book i had no con- i had no no doubt in my mind i was like yeah you know I'll, I'll go ahead and start doing the the cover reveal get ready for a launch in a few months whatever but real life said nope and i got it so i got a new job it went crazy um some other stuff uh, in my personal life went crazy and then covid happened and just darn that COVID. It just destroyed everything. Um, 
Yeah. So it was really? super delayed. So that's probably why you saw the cover for a long time. So yeah, uh, Felix Ortiz and uh, Sean King, art and design. They are uh, dream team. They're 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 killer. They really are. Um, so yeah, just real quick, I'll I'll show the whole. It's kind of dark in in my, in this room right now. I'm oh, it looks sorry, good. But, um, yeah, full wrap. Oh, good grief. So they, yeah, they murdered it. And um, one of, so Ingram Lightning Source, the, the book printers, they have fairly recently allowed or um, added the option to have art printed directly onto the, the book boards. So I had them do that. It was, a, it was a very, it was a very good choice. It was a very good choice. <laughs> pretty sharp looking book yeah if, if, if i'm gonna read a hardcover i always take the jacket off and if i can have the cover on the jacket or you know actually on the shell itself sold yeah I'm, <laughs> so, absolutely so i'm super pleased pleased with it it looks pretty fancy and and um i can't stop giving enough props and thanks to to felix and sean they're killer absolutely so uh yeah. so tell me tell me about the book what is it about um and uh and then we'll go from there okay so uh i would say what the the premise for the book came to be because i had written that space opera trilogy i had written a standalone dark fantasy and then i um i started an adventure series accessible to anybody just a good old fun adventure fantasy series but i wanted to i i for years i've been wanting to get into an epic fantasy series i wanted to start an epic fantasy series um i had some of the premises um that i'll get to in a second um stuck in my head but it was also kind of a love letter to some epic fantasy that i have always loved um uh, a tribute an homage so yeah epic fantasy um and i had just been reading a lot of michael sullivan stuff um um i had finished one of his series um right around the time <clears throat> that I had started it. So I just had epic, epic fantasy on the brain. So the, the premise, you know, I, I, I love, I love tropes. I love, I love some of the good standard classic tropes when they're done well. And I love it when people, um, you know, manipulate them a little bit and, and tease with them. So the premise for eulogy, eulogy for the Dawn um, is that there is a group of God Knights that do the will of the creators and they've been doing it for eons, this group of, of knights. <clears throat> and the premise was what were happen, what were what were to happen if one day they just stopped hearing from the gods. They stopped getting directives from them, they stopped being able to communicate with them, no, no directives, no, no communication. Um, and as part of that uh, break communication, um, that lack of communication severed their ability, the knights, their ability to uh, regenerate their power. So not only are they lost for, for direction from the gods, but they um, are slowly becoming weaker. And that's, that's the premise. Yeah. I, uh, you know, just like looking at that cover, I'm just like, Oh, it's, you know, I'm just expecting this massive epic, you know, these giant monsters and, yeah, man. and you know, you call it the, the epic legend of gods, dragons, demons, beasts, and men. So it, if it's got all that, I mean, it's gotta be pretty epic, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I really wanted to have, I really wanted to have fun and, and just, and just go for it. Um, I just want to really have fun, go for it. Um, 
the there are some there are some races classical traditional epic fantasy races uh in the book dwarves um orcs a little bit elves are alluded to um they some of those traditional races come in and out of the story and they will come in and out of the subsequent books um in different ways you know they're not the typical um you know, Gimli's and not the typical, you know, elves of Rivendell. They're, you know, they're different, but there are some, there are also some original races um, that I wanted to have some fun with. Um, there's a, there's a race in the book called uh, the Seavers, and um, they're kind of a hybrid between beavers and um, um, otters. And I wanted, I wanted to feature them as a, as a seafaring race. You know, we, we have seafaring races in, in other books, but I wanted to have a, a, a fantasy creature race that was um, not necessarily waterbound, but they, their, 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 um, their natural environment was the water, fresh water, salt water. Um, so that's a fun race to have uh, that I wanted to have some fun with. So yeah, there's some fantastic elements. I mean, there's some traditional fantasy races, some, some new, some new races. Um, some different approaches to some of those fantasy races, um, all centered around this, 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 you know, world impacting mystery of where the, you know, where did the gods go? Hmm. So it sounds like, yeah, like a little bit of Lord of the Rings, a little bit of like Redwall. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little Brian Jacks. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's got some good fun. And, and overall as, as, most <clears throat> most series should be or are or intend to be i should say i'm intending for this one to be um you know kind of like star wars you know episode episode four it's the it, it's the the opening um you know appetizer introducing you to the world introducing you to the 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 major conflict the issue ease ease people into it um, and by the end of it, you know, we're well into the first course, um, and hopefully getting people hungry for the, the second, third course. I gotcha. So, so you're yeah. planning on, on doing a trilogy? Yes, sir. Yeah. The second book is, um, just about done and, um, I, I'm not going to put a time frame on that or launch covers prematurely in case there's another COVID, but, um, you know, unless, you know, in case you get another job and then we have another pandemic for a year, you know, two years, right. three years, four years. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it is intended to be a trilogy. Second book is about done and, and ready for, um, uh, revisions and proofreading and betas and all that. Um, and then the third book should be, should, uh, wrap it up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Domarin, is that I guess that's how you pronounce his his uh oh, main character's name? I've been I've been I pronounce him Domarin. Domarin, okay, Domarin. Yeah. Uh so yeah. what what was uh what was the inspiration behind his character? Um I want so he is so there's a group of god knights, like I mentioned before, one per race. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he is the god knight for for the the race of man. Um humanity and he is the last one there, there's five or six of them but he's the last one that was a member of the original group of god knights at creation so he's um 
I don't want to say he's an anti-hero, but he has been so he has been been so exposed for eons to the the slowly gradual uh, increasing level of of cynicism and bitterness and animosity and resentment and suspicion of humanity that it's it's grown weary or it's grown on him. Um, so I would say his 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 primary influence is um, to try and steer humanity back to its potential, especially because he's been around since uh, creation. So you know when he's when he's out and about talking with the other god knights and 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 members of the other races, you know they're. I don't want to say they're young because some of the other God Knights are also thousands of years old, but he is, you know, he's eons years old or eons old. And, you know, he, he sees the other races with, you know, some of their optimism, um, some of their, some of their naivete. Um, and he, he's, he's not necessarily jealous of it, but he wishes that his rate, his race could get back to being a little bit more positive and constructive for the world. Mm. Um, so those are his primary motivations, I would say. I gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 real interesting. I haven't seen you know uh you know I've seen I've seen these stories of you know the the white knight or the knight that's you know for the glory of of the gods or whatever. But I haven't actually seen like a god knight story, so I'm interested to see how it how it all pans out. Uh, yeah. and it's just interesting to see you know this this appetizer course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, but uh, how uh, how have you felt your um, I guess your introduction to, uh, or I guess the, this new introduction to Spiffbo, because I know, uh, you know, you had, you had kind of ventured into Spiffbo a few years back yeah. with your, with your science fiction, uh, slash fantasy slash whatever genre you want to call it. Um, uh, you know, you did that. So, so what's it like now? Like, how, how are you feeling about eulogy? Uh, I mean, you know, you're, we're getting pretty close to, uh, you know, semifinalists, you know, finalizations and then finalist announcements uh, in the next couple of months. Um, you know, have you, has it, has it been any different this go around? Have you, have you met some new people, made some new, some new friendships along the way? Yeah, absolutely. Going back to 2016 or, or so, I can't remember for sure. Um, I, I, I've, I've met so many people who are passionate about stories Um what they are, what they can do for people, um, whether they're readers, writers, bloggers, um, just people who are passionate about stories and the power of stories. It has been re very rewarding, not just, I mean, it's been rewarding period, but it's been rewarding as a reader. It's been rewarding as a writer. Um, it's turned me on to some great books. It's helped me become hopefully a better writer. You know, that's, that's the thing uh, about writing is that Hopefully, I'm always becoming better. I don't ever want to be at the top of my game. I always just want to write a better book. You know, if I were to kick the bucket tomorrow, um, you know, I would hope that somebody were to, if somebody, if somebody were to be like, let's look at Jeremy's books, you know, hopefully they would say, oh, yeah, you could tell that he was uh, improving as he got older or put more books out. So that's my goal. I just want to always um, tell a better story. Um, so back to Spiffo specifically, um, yeah, the community is awesome. Um, it's helped it's helped bring me into uh, or it's helped expose me to a community 
um, that, that aren't necessarily always like-minded, but they're, um, but they're passionate about stories and telling stories um, and sharing stories and the power of stories. So that's, that's regardless of any placement, you know, of, of a book in Spiffbo, that's, you'll hear everybody talk about that. Who's entered a book. That's the, that's the real, you know, that's the real prize, I guess. Um, as far as being a, uh, you know, a contestant or an author in the competition, I would say the competition uh, has helped me, helped me focus or helped me maybe get a better definition for myself as to what epic fantasy is, dark fantasy is. Um, help me turn on, it's helped turn me on to some really, I mean, just really prime examples of excellence in, in, in those types of genres. Um, so yeah, between the community, um, influence on my writing and expose me to, to great, great examples of, of those primary genres. Um, it's, it's a huge, it, it's a, it's a huge thing to be a part of, um, in numerous ways. All right, Jim. Yeah. You know, I, I always hear a lot of authors say that, uh, you know, their next book is their best book. So uh, that's, that's always a, that's always a good thing to keep in the back of your mind is like, this book is really good, but my next book is going to be great. You know? <laughs> Right. And you, yeah. you, and you just got to hope that the readers, you know, follow that, that, you know, right. Yeah. Down the line. Um, <laughs> have you, uh, have you read anything recently that you'd recommend? Uh, let's see. Um, the most recent book I read, I believe was uh, Dirk Ashton's latest Paternus entry. Um, if for anybody that's not a, uh, aware of the, of his Paternus series, um, it's, it is an amazing series centered around, um, ancient primordial gods, um, creators, um, and their struggles, um, between each other and how that conflict, um, spills out into the real world. Um, so I would highly recommend that, um, Dirk's a great guy and I love his stories. Yeah. Yeah. Dirk's awesome. I'm very jealous. He's at Dragon Con right now. I told him he needed to swing by oh, right. on his way out. <laughs> That's right. I was like, I can't venture to Atlanta, but you know, if you've got time to go to Birmingham, it's only two hours away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, his, his series is great. I, it's, it's one of those that I read the first one. I loved it. I still haven't finished the second and third ones, but then I backed his Kickstarter. So I've got all the hardcover. So I'm like, I, oh, yeah. I have to, I have to finish it at some point. Right. I mean, I'm doing the, doing the whole slipcase and everything. Like I've, I've got to oh, yeah, put, yeah. put something into this. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a great guy. I love talking to him and, you know, he's, he's a uh, big friends with, with Michael J. Sullivan, uh, who you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you were reading some Sullivan when you were, when you were writing your last story. So, yeah. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, well, Jeremy, I, I really appreciate you coming in and, and chatting with me today. Um, it's, it's been great getting to know you a little bit more, uh, definitely looking forward to, uh, eulogy for the dawn. It's, I mean, if, if the story is anything like that cover, I mean, well, I know we're in for a massive treat. So uh, especially especially when that shell comes, I, I'm looking forward to opening that book up. So, uh, but best of luck with that. Best of luck in Spiffbo um, and best of luck, you know, with your, with your beta reading and everything going in for book two. Definitely looking forward to that cover reveal. Uh, and we'll definitely do this again sometime. Hey, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, and congratulations on your 200,000 view. I saw FFA with that. Thanks, so man. Yeah, so thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely.